Welcome to another edition of Ronin Radio. This is Michael Skye here with Hans Komein in the south of Brazil. Today we're talking about what fathers are facing in today's world. Recently in the news, police in America have been quitting. And we relate that to how many fathers are quitting, how many men are quitting, how um, many men are not taking up the sacrifices and responsibility, the yoke, the burden that um, they normally do for their people. And we relate that to how they're not being honored for those roles anymore or less and less and the consequences of that. And we talk about the challenge that fathers face in, in the great challenge to raise healthy, strong children in today's world. We do all of this inside of a series of recent podcasts about honoring fathers as Father's Day is approaching here soon. So, Hans, I was reading in the news just in the last uh, 24 hours, more and more stories of police quitting their jobs. And uh, of course, this is linked to the uh, mass public shaming of police. I'm talking about in America, of course. But the mass public shaming of police these days, and I think it's something like 60-some percent of Americans are now supporting Black Lives Matter, um, which, as a stand for, for people of color being treated fairly and justly and equally, is a great thing to the extent that it adopts um, the very shaming perspective of the Black Lives Matter movement, you know, which has a reputation for marching through the streets and saying, you know, kill cops and stuff like this. Uh, it's no wonder to me, it's no wonder police are quitting, you know. Um, why, why would men continue to sacrifice if they're not honored for their sacrifice? You know, if, if their people stop honoring them for the sacrifices, why would they continue to sacrifice? And uh, some will do it at a matter, as a matter of their own personal honor. They'll continue. And there's, I'm sure there's uh, uh, circles where they are honored, you know, amongst other police, amongst their families. And that might be enough for some. But this is related to me, to uh, fathers in the world stopping sacrificing. Mm whether that's not getting married in the first place, whether that's getting divorced and, and not continuing the sacrifice of marriage and being present in the home. Um, you know, in, in many ways, marriage and, and these things are, are a sacrifice uh, that men make. But we live in a world now where more and more, you know, there are people uh, raging against, quote-unquote, the patriarchy, I like I like that you say marriage is a sacrifice for many men, because I think it is in many ways. Yes, you know, even if like I, I'm, I'm moving in that area, you know. For example, also I'm going to add to it uh, the fact that a lot of men would like to see 
more women, you know, and they sacrifice being with one woman, mm-hmm. you know. It's that that's a fact of nature, and I'm generalizing, but you know, men want more that diversity than women wanted. Yes. And so it's a sacrifice. And at least if women could honor their men for making that sacrifice, it would make it a lot easier for them. Yes. It would make it a lot easier to make well, the then, sacrifice. Well, now what you have is more of a, a should. Yes. You know, um, a judgment of men and fathers, who they're not being and who they should be. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can't uh, judge someone into uh, a path of honor. Mm-hmm. I read a post from a guy in a Facebook group the other day. Um who had real judgments about his father, and I was asking him, you know, what is it that he wants from his father? What is it that, you know, what's the conflict with his father? And he said, he wants his father to face his issues and heal himself, basically. Mm. Um, But the methodology is judge him, his father, for not doing it, and judge him until he does it. You know, and that's, that's judgment is no invitation. Judgment is no call to honor. It's it's interesting because, like we do the we do the work of the we do honor honor your father, okay? And I see guys in our groups, and I think it would be great if you were there, you know. And uh, and their reasoning, I even talk with them. The reasoning is no, because uh, uh, I'm I'm still angry, or he doesn't yes. deserve it, yes. you know. <laughs> and I'm thinking, well, you know. That's the very reason why you should do it, you know, because yes. it's not like the reasoning is not does someone deserve it and then we honor them. It's honor first always, mm-hmm. not just for that person, but for yourself you yes. know, to not have those judgments, to not be the prison of those judgments, to not feel that anger and all of that, you know. Well, it's being it's being a leader. It's being, uh, you know, it's really to me, it's like shifting from boy to man. It's saying that, you know, can we say, OK, dad. Thank you. You got me this far. I'll take it from here, you know, and I'll, I'll lead, I'll lead my life. I'm not going to blame you for where I'm at or where I'm not at. And, uh, I'm going to lead with honor. So it's a, a leadership principle. That's almost like, that's almost judging someone into you have to honor your father. <laughs> what I'm saying is the benefits for you wh- when you honor are instant. For yourself, you know, so you don't have to do it for them. There doesn't have to be a reason to honor them. They don't have to deserve it. It really is a a thing you do for yourself. Yes. And uh, that's interesting because, like, I'm thinking when you present, for example, police, and you say, um, or or you say the fathers they 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 check out because they don't feel honored anymore. And uh, we should honor them. I can I can hear people thinking because I have these conversations. Yeah, but they're the ones who are doing it first, and so there's a, a causal. They're the ones who. Are, they're the ones who are checking out first, or they're the ones right. not doing their job, right. and so they don't deserve to be honored. As right. if the honoring is a consequence of that, you know. And and well, we'll just to honor those people who are not honoring their fathers, they do have valid needs yes unmet needs and desires and boundaries have been crossed and it is i think worth honoring that first yes you know and their anger their whatever it is because there's a stand that their body their heart is calling them to make to have them stand up for themselves and so on but um 
I, I think that kind of does come first before the honoring, often, mm. oftentimes. Right. And so if they're not ready to do it, what they can start with is honoring their own mm-hmm. anger, their own judgment, their own judgment, essentially. Yes. So, yeah, so we're getting into talking about the honor work. Yesterday we had a uh, Fantastic call. call. Yes, a group of men come together, gathered together to honor their fathers. It was beautiful. The great Jaco man, my father, go back yesterday, watch it. Is that you talking to your father? Yes. Yeah, who doesn't speak English? <laughs> the great Jaco man. We werk geleverd gisteren met een groep man. En ook in de Facebook Live. You want him to watch the Facebook Live, which is also in English. Okay. I was All thinking right. yesterday. <laughs> I was thinking we'll, yesterday. Uh, we'll, 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 yes. We'll talk about intelligence on another, on a future Facebook Live. That's good. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I'm honoring my father. Carry on, carry on, Michael Scott. I still don't understand why you need to put your nose in the camera <laughs> when you do that. Because my father is the one. <laughs> is that how you guys talk in Belgium? <laughs> guys get together and they both put their nose in the air and get really close to each other. And, uh, I even kiss my father. Do you guys kiss each other? No. Yeah, I kiss my father. That's, uh, yeah, okay. Is it like an Eskimo kiss or whatever with the nose? Like, coming with the nose. That we used to do. We used to do. Oh, no. It was this before we went to sleep. We we gave a kiss and uh, we... Kiss on the cheek? No. We kissed. Tongue. (laughs) Don't get excited. And we, we rubbed cheeks. You rubbed cheeks? You rubbed cheeks. Like, go like this, like uh, animals do, I guess. Interesting, very interesting. (laughs) (laughs) No judgments, no judgments. I don't feel it. (laughs) So, yeah, there's... uh, I'm not suggesting that men who check out of fatherhood are good or right when they do so just because they're not being honored. You know, to me, I think it's uh, it's worth showing up and, and being a father, fully committed, even if you're not honored. Yes. You know? However, it, it does explain to me, it's a huge factor in why police are quitting, fathers are quitting, young men are uh, not accepting more responsibility in life um, because there's increasingly there's less honor for a man's sacrifice mm-hmm. in society and there's even more judgment for men in society and so and then there's like judging him into other roles mm-hmm. uh, he should be doing this other role that has traditionally not been a masculine role mm-hmm. and uh, yeah it's uh, of course it's not working I mean to me uh, you know I do the honor work it's like obvious why it doesn't work but um, now that we're on the topic of fathers yesterday we said we would talk about what our fathers had to deal with. Yeah, okay, I want to say something first. As it is worth for a man to show up anyway, despite the fact that he's not being honored, for other people, it's 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 worth to honor your father anyway, despite the fact that, for example, he didn't show up. Yeah, it, it could be a call to honor. Like who I am is the one who yes. honors my father, my parents. 
uh, in the face of anything. Like I do it because that's who I am, because I'm a man of honor, not to get something from them or not, you know, for no, it could be for no reason mm. other than this is who I am. And that's a great reason. Yes. What our fathers had to endure. Mine was just all joy with his son. Nothing but joy. An unbroken boulevard of green lights. <laughs> I was a terrible kid. Let me tell you, you know, <laughs> I, having lived with you for three months now, I weep for your father and what he had to endure. I weep for him. A a at night, I, I cry myself to sleep. And then I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm still crying. The only thing good about this is that it's in English that he doesn't understand you. No, the first year, I did have to endure. I, I was thinking about this, thinking of stories. And the first year of my life, I didn't, my, my parents never slept, had a good night's sleep, because I was always crying. Well, I thought you were snoring. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was crying. I woke him up. I was already a, a night person, I guess. And oh. then... It's just crazy. My sister was born 13 months later, you know, <laughs> parents were still tired. And uh, in the hospital, or I don't know what, what they call it in English, where the children are born. Anyway, my, uh, the, the nurse said to my father, let's hope that the new baby doesn't wake up the, the little boy of one year old, you know? And my father looked like this, it's gonna be the other way around, okay? <laughs> Meaning what? I was going to yeah. wake up the new baby, my all sister. Right. <laughs> right. They tell me also this story. They had a, they had a, they bought a new, they call it a park, which is like a, how do you call it for, for children? Like, it's like a, like a mini jail, practically. Oh yeah. A, a, a crib. A crib. Uh -huh. Where you can stand in. Yes. You can hold it and you know. Yes. And they bought a new crib and I, I spent not one minute in it. Is this, as soon as they put me in it, I would cry until they put me out. And I was trying to escape it. I, I never was in it. Yes. They had to wait till my little sister a year later. So I was just, uh, yeah. So you never wanted to be in jail. I never wanted to be in jail. And that explains why I never got married. I never made that <laughs> sacrifice. But yeah, I was, a, I was a rebel back then. Now I'm not anymore. Yeah. But uh, I can imagine. You know, well, I had to enjoy how, it. I mean... Why would an infant want to be separated from his mother, mm. separated from uh, the womb, the the heart, the right. breasts, the the love, the you know it? Um, it's to me, it's a very unnatural thing. If you go to most indigenous societies, the 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 infant children for the first two years of life are almost always mm. strapped to a female. Mm. Uh, a mother, an aunt, a grandmother, a neighbor on their back or on their, their belly. And uh, this is part of how the, the infant's nervous system and emotions are regulated because he can, the, the, the two nervous systems work together, you know. And uh, yeah, to be away from that heartbeat. I mean, think the first nine months of your life, the heartbeat of your mother, you know, the warmth of your mother. Mm. All of this, and then all of a sudden, you're not only are you outside of the mother, <laughs> you're in this jail, Fucking and you can't go to her. Of course, you're crying. I think we have one picture of me in there, like really, like 
trying to get out. You know? <laughs> but but in the West we have this, you know, it's the domination starts early. Yes. Oh, you're wrong for crying. Stay in there until you stop crying. I thought we were going to talk about what her father had to endure. Now I find all kinds of justifications. You know, <laughs> hey, <laughs> yeah, you put me in here, motherfucker. Hey, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Well, it's still you know what our parents have to endure. Raising us in a very unnatural environment. Mm. You know, as you know, this nuclear concept of nuclear family. Yes. Where I don't know how it was in Belgium. You know, when I was in Germany, my my dear friend Monica, her parents lived upstairs, and their lives were very commingled. It was it was it was much less kind of physical space as we have in the states. In the states, we have this idea of physical space. Like right now, you're actually in my personal space. No, you're in mine. But we have to be on the camera here, so I'll, I'll tolerate the smell. <laughs> tolerate nothing. Yes. So. Um, Yes, yeah, so we have big personal space in the U.S., but also space of like our property. You know, the houses can't be too close together. The like everything, like we have this sense we need more space. But where am I going with this? Oh, that parents are expected to raise a healthy child inside a very what I would say are historically abnormal yes. human environments. And so I think they have to deal with a lot more. You know, that we have this saying in English and in America, the terrible twos. I don't know if you have it in Europe. And, and also, we so we expect two-year-olds and teenagers to be uh, rioting, rebellious, bad behaving, all of this. But in many indigenous cultures, healthy indigenous cultures that are not fucked up by, you know, the modern way, you don't have that. Mm. You know, in, in fact, you go to Mexico and, uh, and and here in Brazil, it, it may be changing. I'm not sure. I wouldn't be surprised. But they party together across generations. It's it, like a good sign of that is like you go in Europe and you go in, a, you're in the street or you're wherever, you know, public space. Or in train or whatever and you hear children rah, rah, you know and there are places in the world where you don't hear it at all mm -hmm. like children don't do that mm -hmm. you know they're and and it's a great sign of like crying children is a great sign i think that you know something is off in the way we in the in the, the context in which children are raised yeah yeah we have this sense that if the children's crying it, maybe it needs to be beat more dominated more trained more or something like this you know but that's more of that same thing that's fucking up the child in the first place the child is just a child it's just a it's it's a biologically it's, it's perfect yes. it comes out of the the womb with certain expectations based on you know millions of yeah, years it's, of it, uh, its reaction is a symptom of something wrong at that stage yes. you know it's not a symptom of that Child is wrong. <laughs> yes, yes. And, uh, but, you know, we think that, oh, well, if I we get into this, this, this battle for authority with our, our children mm. and our infants, you know, well, I'm going to teach it a lesson. I'll just let it cry until it stops crying, you know, mm. like, instead of, I remember being with my, 
my beautiful niece, Ashley, and she was a very young mother and she had her, her newborn at home and uh, she was crying. I was there visiting her and she's like, Uncle Mike, you know, what should I do? You know, she was like, she was practically crying herself because the parenting advice that she'd been given is like, let it cry itself to sleep. That's what her mother did. You know, lock, close the door. The baby will eventually stop crying. Right? Which is true. When it realizes no one's coming. You know, imagine, imagine the infant has to adjust that like no one is going to be there for it to answer the call to meet its needs. Like no one's coming. Imagine that's the training <laughs> that, the, that the infant gets. It's heartbreaking, man. And she was heartbroken. And I was like, Ashley, like as a, as a human mother, you're perfect. What is your, what is your heart telling you to do? What is, you know, forget all these people who have these different ideas. And your baby's perfect. And she just like, she just went through her child immediately. I was like, yes, you know, mm. go to your, your poor child. You know, we, we want to train the child because the child's interrupting our go to sleep early. It's going to wake me up during the night and I have to go to work in the morning. And it's like of all this, this West of life, we need to train the child so that we can go be okay tomorrow. You know, meanwhile, training this this poor child that no one's coming. So we're way off topic from what we... We went from honoring our fathers to defending our moms. <laughs> and uh, honoring infants, actually. Honoring infants. Well, we're honor everyone, so... But uh, do we want to get back to this topic of what our fathers had to face? I know my father had to face a lot with, uh, with me. Still has to. <laughs> I was on the, you know, my family's at a reunion right now. With my dad, my dad's got Parkinson's and, uh, you know, I get on there and I, um, you know, my dad's, I, I bought him an iPad so that he can make video calls with his family and he doesn't really know how to use it, you know, so it comes on and it's pointed at his forehead and I, and I immediately, I'm like, what's that glare? What's that glare? It's just like. Oh, dad, is that your forehead? <laughs> you know, and he's, a, he's an old man, you know, to, to, to care for him, take care of him. And someone in the background was like, oh, here, it's, it started already, you know. But uh, it started with my father. Like, he gave me shit, you know, and, and it continues. And for us, that's love. But, uh, yeah, my, my father's had to endure no, no shortage of love in that, in that, in that uh, style from me. But I was definitely, I was definitely a very uh, rebellious child. Well, you said yesterday on the call, which was great. Maybe you said it on the Facebook Live too, but what he had to endure was like his children, you know, leaving the religion where, which he like really feels close to. You know? Yes. He had to basically see his children decide that they will, they will go to hell and not be with him in heaven. You know, imagine that. That's it. And then still show up, you know, still yeah. try to get your children in heaven. Yeah. And try to find the balance between honoring them and their happiness, their way of life, their choices. And also like honoring what you feel is true and what you feel really be best for them. You know, it's, it's that 
it's that leadership or chief challenge, right? How do you how do you navigate that? And uh, yeah, I know my father's wept a lot over that throughout the years. Maybe you announce uh, part well, two. Tomorrow we're getting on again. The part two of the honor letter webinar. We're having a great conversation about uh, honoring father. Oh, it's and, great. And the way to do it. The way you can honor your father. You know, thinking about the sacrifice, thinking about what who would you not have if he wasn't here. Think about uh Ask him sto to tell stories. I think it's great, you know. Honoring, honoring your father in the form of a letter that he can he can treasure. That can really touch his heart in a way that he seldom has someone touch his heart. So, yeah, part two is tomorrow. That's Thursday, and uh, you can search Facebook for honoring fathers with Michael Sky. Join the Facebook group. Join part two. I'm going to upload the video of uh, yesterday's call. And yes, we welcome 12, you. 12 Eastern Time. That's 9 a.m. California, 6 p.m. in uh, Madrid, Brussels time. Yes. Yeah, the power of honor is it's incredible. You know, if, if you if there's a father in your life, your feeling is, is he's not stepping up. A man in your life is not stepping up. He could be greater. He could be this. You know, if you turn your approach from judgment to honoring. Wow, your your ability to affect him is yeah. incredible. So instead of saying he doesn't deserve for me to honor because he didn't do it right, there's a desire there. You wanted him to show up differently. The greatest way is not to judge him for it, but to honor him for it. Go with honor. Well, maybe not honor him for that. Yes, but, but honor to him. honor him. Yes, and that's the greatest tool you have to make magic happen. In. And uh, if you wanted that, have people show up in a different way. Yes. It's a, it's, it's a human principle, you know, if you want someone to listen to you, to take your advice, to maybe change their ways or whatever it is that you'd like to have them learn or, or do differently, Always they first have to feel that, that you hold them in your heart, that you really care, that you see them, that you hear see what they're facing and standing for, you know, and that's, that's the honor work. So, it's the advanced form of empathy, mm. not just willing to understand the other, but walk their shoes, see what they've been facing, and it's a superpower. So, uh, yes, come out tomorrow, join the group, and then uh, join the call tomorrow. Yes, empathy is a part of it. Honor is the, the next step. Join us. <laughs> <laughs>